Hello and welcome to Dopey, the podcast about drugs, addiction, and dumb shit, and I am Dave. And I am Chris, and we're coming to you live with new gear. We're still very excited. We're not this. live. Whatever, you know. This is weeks old at you know? this point. <laughs> oh no, this one's tomorrow. This one's tomorrow. This is also a very exciting podcast, but before we start talking about why it's such an exciting episode, we will be doing... An ad. And the ad is by our dear friends. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Work at Clinic. Can you do it by heart? In Michigan and L.A. Suboxone. You suck. Medication-assisted therapy and evidence-based lessons. I've been perusing their site and I find <laughs> it to be very informative. Um, this episode is brought to you by Work at Clinic. Now open in California and Michigan. Mm-hmm. You know, I once got into a menage a trois in Michigan. You, I never even knew you ever had that. Neither girl were attractive. I took one of the girl's hands and I put it on the other girl and I slipped That's away. That's your only move. That's I, all you've ever done. No, I slipped them on each other. Yeah, and but I, I slipped know, off but, into yeah, the night. Yeah, but your signature move is putting your hand on somebody hand else's on hand. Hand on hand. Hand on hand and then Dave tells us this is going anywhere. And if she pulls, she retreats her hand then Dave... Pays for the bill and leaves. <laughs> I slink away into the night. <laughs> hand on hand. This is many, many years ago, before you were a family man. We'll just qualify that. Yeah, but that was the move, the hand on yeah, hand. Hand on hand. Tells you everything. Yeah, Dave had it down to a T. He'd use the dating apps. He'd meet them at the closest possible thing to his apartment. Oh, and he you, would just, you just made this episode unlistenable. You really? revealed too much. That's not too much. Too much. That's okay. This episode is brought to you by Work at Clinic. Now, I never really had a menage a trois in Michigan, by the way. That was a lie. This episode is brought to you. Maybe it was kind of a lie. This episode is brought to you by Work at Clinic, now open in California and Michigan. Get treatment from your living room. Work at Clinic provides online counseling, online evidence-based lessons that help you live without drugs and medication-assisted treatment like... Suboxone. I think it's pronounced Suboxone. Um, when needed. When it's needed. <laughs> it isn't when needed because you take that shit every day or you don't take it at no, all. No, they're saying sometimes you don't need to take it. <laughs> no, yeah, sometimes you don't need it at all. Yeah. yeah. Your, <laughs> your work at program can be done together with the 12 steps or as a standalone solution. Get help at home. Visit workathealth.com slash dopey now to sign up or just to get more info. That's workathealth.com slash dopey. Now listen, Work at Health does a great thing for addicts. Yeah. So if you need help and you're in Los, uh, California or Michigan, check them out. Yeah, you fuckers in Detroit need a lot of help. Lots of help. Yeah, we, we suggest you peruse their website and... Go mosey on over to work at clinic. You better get moseying. Yeah. Um, you need those evidence-based lessons. And Suboxone. And Suboxone is needed. Definitely. Yeah. And in Los Angeles. Especially if you're south of 10. Yeah. <laughs> wherever you're at. I think you need to chill. <laughs> Me? Chris has got that face. What are you talking about? It's Listen, I just want to go. warn you everybody. You run. There's, there's, there's good news and there's bad news. What do you want first? I want the good news first. The good news is, is that on our podcast is a podcasting superstar, Paul Gilmartin, formerly of um, fucking, I don't know, Dinner. <laughs> He's looking it up on his last Formerly of Dinner in a, a Movie. You ever watched that show on TBS? 
No. He would. He would oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do remember. Yeah. dude, I watch that shit all the time. Uh, of course, they play a good flicks. There you go. Yeah, and is it like them hanging on a couch and like the and then on like the ask him save the, the questions yeah, for yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, right. But so he was on that, and then he started this. Uh, this podcast. Never happened to TBS. TBS used to be like my go-to. Station. This is something you can ask him. Yeah. On um, then he started the mental illness uh, happy, happy hour, hour yeah. which is like the idea. Well, we'll have him explain it. Yeah, but that but podcast. We should say that you've been obsessing over our charts for we the can self-help tell him. Pot, uh, category. We could tell him about that. Yeah, but just real quickly before he gets on, you're chasing <sighs> no, the no, mental no. illness happy. There's hour. a great. There's a better story. The story is months ago. Chris was like, you know, Dave, I really don't think we're ever going to chart in comedy because we're not that funny. Is that how I talk? And the other comics are so much more famous and we will never show ourselves on this list. Is that what I said? And I said, let me slide it over on the other side, my brother. (laughs) I said, dig this. I said, if Dopey happened to be more like a self-help clinic kind of thing... We would be charged. You sound like an idiot right now. <laughs> that is you don't cool. sound any better. I don't think I sound cool. No, you sound worse. All right, you're right. Anyway, the idea was that if we were a self-help... Yeah, but what's happened? We're ranking. You know, we're not ranking anymore. Yeah, but we did. But for two weeks, we were ranking on the self-help uh, top 100, top 200 on iTunes. And in the top 10, usually nestled around the five spot, is Paul Gilmartin with the Mental Illness Happy Hour. Give that fucker a call. Let's call him Give him, him a up. jingle. I hope he answers. Damn straight. Cause we Where, talk- he, where's this dude in? L.A.? Yeah. He's an L.A. guy? Uh, yeah, yes, he's in L.A. Just well, take it easy. Where's he at? South Central? He is... I don't know where he's at. Crenshaw? I don't know. I don't stop asking me questions. I don't know. I can't, even find his, I can't even find his <laughs> I can't even find his thing. Fuck. His phone number? Yes. This is dead air, Dave. All I see is Paul Sarnwick's stupid email about <laughs> fucking, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, fucking, what's that, met? Benadryl being oh, psychoactive. Oh, Should I read that real quick? No, we have to call this You can't even find it. While you're looking for it, I'll read it. So. Yeah, I found it. You found it, or should I read Paul's thing real quick? Um, no, let's call him up. It's 1230. Okay. And just so everyone's well, we aware... we got to read Paul's thing after. It's way later than we usually do the show. So yeah, if anything man. gets at all, like, st- stupider it, than it's usual... It's fucking 1230. That's very late for me. Yeah. I'm Dude, usually... You've had to work all day schlepping sandwiches around. It's true. And I have a terrible story about that, too. Yeah. There's so many notes that I didn't get to, you see? <laughs> There's literally three notes scribbled on a piece of paper. Each about two words. <laughs> Sorry. I call this fucker. I'm calling. There's so many notes. Oh, my God. That was a hearty chuckle. Okay. You ready? Yeah. There we go. Make sure you turn this microphone on. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Hello, Paul. Hey. Hi, I'm Dave, and I'm with my, my friend and podcasting partner, Chris. How are you guys? I'm good. What's up, dude? Uh, nothing. Just playing a little, uh, little guitar. How about you? We're just recording a podcast. Just, just, just... Oh, what a great idea. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I have to say, you sound as tranquil right now as you did this morning when I listened to you. You've got <laughs> such a tranquil sound. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. 
Paul, Dave has been obsessing over uh, your ranking in the uh, self-help category. He's like, yes. I'm into it, Paul. What can I tell you? Yeah. <laughs> Where is it these days? You haven't been – you don't obsess about your own ranking? I used to be. Uh. Tell me. Teach me. Yes. They give more weight to new subscribers than they do just total subscribers. So that's why you often see a new show ranked really high and then it begins to slip. You, um, new York Times just snuck in with like four shows and they're obliterating you. They've pushed you down to number seven or eight. You used to be nestled yeah. in the four or five slot every week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's some times. There was like a year or so when I was the, 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 top, the top spot. And then there's been stretches where I'm not even in the top ten. So that's kind of when I stopped um, worrying about that. And, um, and just looking at the download numbers instead of the rankings. It's, it's so, uh, it, it depends on what other podcasts are, are out there and how new they are. And to me, it's just not a, not a real indication. But when you see a show that's been around a while and it's getting a high ranking, that definitely means something. You know, like Joe Rogan being in the top 10 after all these years. And look at Marin. He's down at like, you know, number between like 20 and 70 sometimes. What do you think? Why do you think uh, Marin's falling off and Joe is so surging? I think Joe just gets more new listeners. Well, fuck that. The real question, brass tacks here, is what the hell do we have to do to beat you? Take me out. Take you out. We're not going to beat him. Listen. You're in New York, right? Yes. You know some Italians. Yes, please. (laughs) Well, Paul, so like, I mean, what, what Dave, I haven't listened to your show yet. I'm going to, but he said you describe it as kind of um, the conversation that happens in the waiting room before you see your therapist. The, the conversation I would like to for people to have in a, in a waiting room before they see their therapist. Well, sadly, it's such a it's such a in reality. Uh, the waiting room of the therapist is usually awkward and quiet and uh, a lot of people looking at their shoes. Um, so my hope was to create um, a peer-based uh, kind of connectivity. So by the waiting room, just meeting people who are in similar situations, totally. having a conversation. Um, and the template really was 12-step programs. Um, so that's... Yeah. That is just, you know, just a really vulnerable, honest conversation between two people about a struggle. That's whatever that struggle is. Our sort of tagline is like, we're the conversation in the smoking pit in rehab. Sort of a. (laughs) (laughs) Lots of smoking in rehab. Lots of Lots of people. Lots of people say a lot of these kinds of things. The other people say that we're the meeting after the meeting yeah. and all this bullshit. Uh-huh. But, Paul, I have to tell you, your show is a beautiful love fest. It's like at the uh-huh. end. I listened to your interview with Paul Rust this morning. And, and in, the, in the middle of the show, he's like, tell. And you do this in every show where you say, tell me what you're scared of. And then you guys talk about what you're scared of. And then you say, and tell me what you love. Do you do that every time? Not every time, but um, sometimes 
It's beautiful. Um, because I, I just discovered that it, it's very telling. What people are afraid of or what people love is really dictates so much of our lives. Um, if, and it's not something we're acting on, something that we're, you know, ruminating on because we're not acting on it. Hmm. Um, can we try this with Chris for a second? I was going to say Chris, try it with Paul. Chris, Chris, what are you afraid of? I'm afraid of you and no. your bullying. No, you're not. Show. You're a pussy. You're, you're not afraid me of me. You push me around. You deserve it. <laughs> Paul, what are you afraid of? I'm afraid of um, underestimating how much money I will need to live in my old years. Ah. Oh. I'm afraid. I'm about to buy a house, and I'm about to have. Well, I'm about to buy a house, and I'm very afraid. And I'm a waiter, Paul, and I'm very afraid of not being able to pay for this house. Yeah, yeah. And I'm afraid that we're never going to beat you on the self help charts. <laughs> Terrified of that. <laughs> but um, so you are an you're an alcoholic, right? You're in recovery. I am in recovery. Yeah. Are we recording, by the way, or are we just fucking around? We don't <laughs> fuck around. Are you kidding me? We don't have time, man. Yeah. We're in New York. <laughs> so talk. So so since since we we do a very like our show is very much you know the worst shit in addiction that we went through and the dumbest shit in recovery and we're trying to try to have a nice little laugh about everything that happened and try to deal with yeah. what happened to us as shame free as possible. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. I love it. And what what was your what was your using days like? Uh, mostly alcohol and weed, and the alcohol mostly being beer and wine. Uh, I went through a little bit of a uh, single malt scotch phase, um, hmm. but yeah, I didn't drink during the day. Um, I didn't like to get high during the day. But once the sun went down, that was just my way of um, coping with the. Uh, I think, I mean, Dave and I both had really severe consequences and jackpots, like external stuff. But I, th- I think for both of us, ultimately, um, there was that internal sort of bottom is what brought us into the program and made us, like, rethink yeah. what we were doing. Huh. Yeah, I think, I think that that has to happen because if you still don't feel hopeless and shit's breaking down around you, um, you're going to keep using. Of course. Yeah. And, you know, I think, I think you got to hit that, that moment of uh, clarity, as they, as they say. Um, but yeah, uh, I would, uh, Jimmy, my friend Jimmy Pardo, uh, when I was smoking pot, uh, his nickname for me was the dumbest man alive. I, I'm kind of a space cadet to begin with, but when I would be high, um, oh my God. I like when, if I'd be playing poker with people, I would think I won a hand when I'd lost it, and I would think I lost a hand when I won it. And <laughs> uh, it, it, uh, it, it, here's an example. I got high one day, 
and there was nothing to snack on in the house. So I was like, all right, I gotta, I'm gonna get out of my nest here and go to the grocery store. Cause you know what that feeling's like when you're high and you don't want to face anybody. You just want to cocoon out in your, uh, your pad. That's the only so, feeling I had when I was high. So. I think we're familiar with this idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. the, uh, you know, the munchies uh, overcame my fear of uh, seeing people that weren't high. And so I get into the car, I take my keys out, and I can't find the steering wheel. What? <laughs> what? It occurs, which then suddenly it dawns on me, I'm in the back seat. There it is. <laughs> wow. Did you try to drive from the back seat or did you get in the front? I remember a neighbor of mine was kind of looking over and so then I pretended like I was looking for something in the back seat. But for like three or four seconds, <laughs> I was sitting upright, facing forward in the back seat, which had to have looked weird. That's pretty bad. That's funny. That's yeah. pretty bad. Now, when you were doing uh, dinner in a movie on TBS, were you in uh, in recovery or were you still drinking and smoking weed? Um, I got sober about seven years into uh, the run, uh, eight years into the run. Uh, so uh, almost exactly halfway uh, through the, the run, I got I got sober. I got sober in 03. Is, is that is that the, is that the show where you would? Um, I used to watch. T- I don't know what happened to TBS. I was asking Dave that beforehand. But is that the show where you'd have a movie and then like you'd be sitting on a couch talking about it on the commercial breaks or something? Uh, yeah, we'd be at a kitchen island cooking, oh, okay. cooking something, talking about uh, talking about the movie, talking about the food we were cooking, cracking jokes, busting each other's balls. Nice. Yeah. And that was a long run. You did that show for years, right? Uh, from 95 to 2011. Amazing. Was it fun? Yeah. It was. There were parts of it that were really fun and there were parts of it that were really not fun. Um, the parts that were fun was um, the people I worked with, uh, for the most part, uh, were great to work with and the crew was always great and we kind of wrote the show as we went along and when it's clicking, it's fantastic and it's fun and you're proud of it. But when it's not and there's discord and the sponsors are butting in and making you edit things because they don't want you doing a joke like that while their product's on the counter. Um, and, and when my depression was bad, um, it was, you know, the, a, a note that I constantly got from the executive producer was, smile. You look sad. Yeah. Well, the truth was, I was sad because I yeah. was fucking clinically depressed and yeah. you know hadn't hadn't addressed it yet. So um, I don't know if you guys have ever experienced depression, but smiling when you have depression is like bench pressing five hundred pounds. And oh, yeah. so I'd be on set for ten, eleven hours. We're writing the show as we're doing it. You got to bring your energy up. There's small talk in between takes. So you're constantly interacting with people. And when you're depressed, man, all you want to do is get under the blankets and sleep. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So that part, that part was um, hard. But there would be days when everything would be clicking and we'd all be making each other laugh. We were eating amazing food. And I think, holy shit, how am I getting paid to do this? Right. Was getting sober during that show like 
horrible or was it good or did, how did the show how did the production change during it nobody nobody really had any idea because I never drank on the job you weren't uh, smoking no. weed between takes with the with no. the with the guests <laughs> and stuff no never never was on camera ever in my life uh, hi did you um, actually you actually watch the movie while you're doing it or had you just seen it before and would like have notes seen it before we'd seen it before and we knew where the break was okay. so then when we're on the set they would just fast forward the tape to the last two minutes before the break to refresh our memory about what the viewer had just seen. And then they tell you, smile. Smile, Paul. Smile. Smile. <laughs> Turn your face on. I think, that was the, I think that was the phrase. Turn your face on. Turn your face uh, on. Oh, God. Oh, bastards. <laughs> That's yeah. horrible. I wait tables in a very, very busy restaurant in Manhattan, and I don't smile at all. And the customers yeah. say, and I'm depressed. I'm not clinically depressed. I'm just situationally depressed. And the customers say, smile. And I say, you smile, dick. <laughs> but I do. And then I smile a little bit because I called the customer And it's also dick. part of Dave's shtick to get a tip. Well, the point it's an, it's is... It's an experience. You don't like to be told to smile. It's yeah. like when you don't exactly. want to smile. Fuck yeah. that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, um, Essentially, somebody telling you that you shouldn't be feeling what you're feeling. Exactly. Exactly. Nobody's, nobody, it's nobody's place to tell anybody else what to feel. You know, if you're yelling at them, that's a different thing, but not smiling, you know, that's not infringing on anybody's personal space. Well, I think we get messages ourselves also on what we should feel or shouldn't feel. At least I did as a child. And so we judge ourselves. even. Do you know what I mean? For, for not smiling. For me, it was more different sorts of, of expressions of maybe vulnerability or something like that. I would, I would judge myself for them. And then to run from them, I'd try to drown it in booze and dope. What are you talking about? I mean that uh, I didn't want to be uh, weak. Um, I didn't want to experience things like jealousy, anger, fear. Um, the only things that were like appropriate was just like kind of like humor and being like happy go lucky and kind of untouched by the world. And that's, yeah. that's just not a real way of living. And so the only yeah. way I could kind of get something close to that was shooting massive quantities of depressants, ironically. And, and stimulants. Yeah. And stimulants. <laughs> yeah. Cynicism and sarcasm are like, uh, a really primitive crutch for somebody who's in pain and and I used it for years and um, and there was always a hostility underneath my my humor um, and it just yeah it stopped working man it stopped working and um, thank God thank God I got sober because now it's like I am so much better at meeting life on life's terms yeah. My favorite phrase that I'm hearing right now, I go to this, uh, I don't go to many meetings, but I go to this big book study every week. And uh, the phrase that I'm loving is the idea of revealing your authentic self, your genuine self. Mm. And uh, what a, what a, it's just such a cool fucking thing to think that beneath all of the other stuff, there's something there that's good. And when you remember, like for me, when I feel, I'm like, yeah, like, because my authentic self is pretty great. Like, yeah. I love my authentic self. Yeah. And like, where, when somebody offers me that opportunity to have my authentic self, I feel like, oh, yeah, this is good. And like, that's like, 
with with you know because meetings can be very like not fun and annoying and and full of lines that uh, I don't like. But when I hear like um like the great reality within or like revealing my genuine self, like just like simple beautiful things, like it makes me feel like very happy to to be in this program. Yeah, yeah, I I couldn't agree more. It, I thought that a big part of recovery was going to be becoming more. And what I've learned is it's actually about shedding things that no longer work. Shedding old ideas, shedding old coping mechanisms. Sometimes just keeping my mouth shut and doing nothing. Yeah. I wish I could do more of that. I get so ramped up and I like hold, and it's my, I hold on to these defects for, for like some weird sick joy. Like, I'll get angry at Chris from time to time, and I'll know it's not worth doing it, but I still hold on to that perverse resentment, like, with joy. Yeah. Because yeah. what if my true self loves hating Chris and giving him shit, getting angry at him? Yeah. I don't know. So what did you do, Paul? You went to, you went into the program? Did you go to detox or rehab, anything like that? or? No. And um, I, I was ready to, you know, try a new way of living. And uh, everybody seemed really happy, mm. or at least most of the people, and they didn't seem like they were faking it. And so I thought, well, let me try this. And um, I had been um, pounded into a state of teachability. Mm. And, and the person that started uh, kind of shepherding me through everything um, is a great guy. He's an important guy in, in, in my life, and you know he he helped show me how to how to live sober and have a life that we enjoy, and um, introduced me to some great guys. Um, and yeah, I I love it. Awesome. Did you love think? It. Do you think that dinner in a movie got better when you got clean? I know my behavior on the set probably got better. Um, and I know my comedy got better outside of dinner in a movie um, because I took more chances because I wasn't as afraid. Um, but yeah, that's hard to that's hard to to say. Um, I think that that would probably be a better question for somebody that watched watched the show. Um, but I know I was I was probably less angry yeah. and probably more patient. Um, Do you hear how nice and relaxing his voice yeah, is, Chris? Well, I mean, I think what he's talking about, though, is just being more patient. And you mentioned the term, like, teachability. I notice my teachability is intrinsically related to my spiritual fitness. And it's like how in touch I am with my higher power. And that's usually how plugged into the program is. It's less important for me to be right. And like, oh, I'm, you're such a liar! You're true. a fucking liar! <laughs> oh my, you're such a fucking liar! Explain. Uh, on, tell me about the the authentic Paul, self. Paul, <laughs> Chris's, Chris's authentic self is a liar. He's a liar. He's trying to pray. Please, hey, you, you know who I'm going to be? I'm going to be the guy in the office that you're going to be in the waiting room. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be the therapist. <laughs> <laughs> I'll come and I'll kill. I'll murder you. <laughs> um. 
What were you saying, well, Chris? Tell I'm me sorry. About, oh, no, I want to hear about your authentic self again. My what authentic. Bring that back. No, the thing that you, the one thing that you said that I thought. What was the thing you said that I accused you of lying about? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I think the thing that you said, the real thing that that I feel like would be so nice is patience. Patience and teachability. It's true. And I know you're laughing at me because you get my sickest side, but the truth is You that, don't have a well side. <laughs> well, I just like... <laughs> when I am like plugged in and I'm doing like the next right thing, I don't have to be right. It's not as important to me. I notice even in the interactions with like my girlfriend and stuff like that, is it's just like, who fucking cares who's right or wrong? I stop seeing stuff oh, through really? that lens. Really? Well, what happened last weekend then, no, Chris? I, yeah, I'm, I'm, Weren't you so upset hey, about about being hey, right? Hey, it's progress, not perfection, my friend. I see neither. <laughs> I see progress nor perfection. Uh, I'm sorry. Sorry, Paul. This is the, the format of the show is we just not sort of attack each other. Just relax. It's that cynicism that you were talking about. Uh, it's all good. Now, Paul, what what was the the inspiration for the the mental illness mental illness happy hour? Like, when yeah. did that come around, and how did you get it off the ground, and what was the what was the plan? Um, I. Went off my meds, uh, despite my psychiatrist strongly urging me not to, and the depression creeped back in at about the five-month mark, but I thought I was out of the woods already, so I thought that life really did suck and that I should kill myself, mm-hmm. and, um, and I got fooled by it, and uh, one day it occurred to me, oh my God, this is the depression, and... I went back on my meds and immediately felt better. And I thought, somebody has to talk about this because I believe that mental illness is a real thing. I've been in therapy and support groups and seeing a psychiatrist for over a decade, and I got fooled by this. Think about the person out there that has clinical depression that doesn't even believe mental illness is a real thing. Yeah. I thought, what's a, what is a way that we could reach not only that person, but somebody who recognizes they, that they do have something wrong with them, but they feel like nobody understands, and and they've never shared a laugh about it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, a lot of it was taken from the, the things that I love in recovery, yeah. which is essentially two people opening up to each other in a, in a, a place that, where it's safe to laugh and it's safe to cry. Yeah. I mean, I think my personal opinion is that the panacea for a lot of the ills like in this world is connection with other human beings and that even the ability to have follow through with someone like a psychiatrist, a lot of time what gets you in the door is connecting with other people oftentimes with peers who might be struggling with the same stuff on the outside. If you're just seeing a psychiatrist and living in a black hole of depression without some other sort of supports going on, it's not going to be very effective despite the best like pharmacology, you know, it it doesn't, it doesn't, you need more, you know? I couldn't agree more. It is a, um, I, I don't know many people who have one solution to, a mental or emotional struggle that they have. For me, I have to watch what I eat. I have to exercise. I have to pray, meditate. Um, you know, try to be of service. Um, I'm fucked, Paul. I don't do any of those things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, now you know. Yeah. That's my problem. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, 
And when you started doing the show, did you did you were you thinking deep down, I'm gonna be in the top five self-help <laughs> podcasts? Or I wasn't sure anybody was even going to listen, but if I if I had gotten in it to for any reason other than just wanting to help, uh-huh. um, I don't think it would have been successful because uh-huh. I, I I wouldn't I don't know I just I would have fucked it up because I think I would have been coming from uh, the ego part of my brain instead of the wanting to help people part of my brain. Absolutely. This is our problem. This is our problem. But the, 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 this is our I think problem. our saving grace is that uh, Dave and I, we definitely still live in the, the ego piece a lot, but we laugh at it and we're, we're totally like upfront about it and we're neurotic about it. You know, Paul, let me ask you this. Okay. Like this is my, my, my whole thinking about it. Yes. The ego part is very prevalent. I find it hard to imagine that Chris and I can help people through a podcast but I do believe that we can entertain them and that we can keep them company. Is that enough to separate us from our ego-driven things in order to be of service, in order to be successful ultimately? That's a great question, and I don't know if I have an answer for that, but I don't think the two are mutually exclusive. You know, my, my ego rears its head all the time in, mm. in doing the podcast. Mm. Um, but, you know, if I can recognize it, and then you know, kind of re- readjust and go. Oh, that's my that's my ego. That's not what the focus of the show should be. Um, you know, just kind of back to the old adage of uh, you know, do the footwork and stay out of the results. And what, you know, what is your what is your motive? Um, and and that's ultimately you know, there's nothing wrong with doing something because you solely want to make a living from doing it. No, we do, I do dope because I, I think it's funny and, and, and it's fun and it, and it just turned out that we were helping a bunch of people who, who felt like uh, we were saying stuff that appealed to them. It was people uh, the, the, the people it was people who needed to hear a self-help type of podcast who couldn't tolerate self-help podcasts. That's why I started. <laughs> yeah. Mental illness happy hour because all I saw was either the condescending Dr. Phil approach or the precious new agey Sedona crystals and Mother Earth and sacred spirit and all that shit. Yeah. None, of that, yeah. none of that ever rang true for me. Yeah. And so I felt like there was a void. Now, but Paul, have you, have you ever heard of Dopey before I wrote to you? I mean, you were so quick to say yes. I was like, he must be a fan. But that can't be why you said yes. I had not heard of it, but Amy Dresner uh, sent me an email. She did? What did she say? Yeah. She said, you should do these guys' podcast. I gave him your name. Oh, Amy Dresner, cool. look She's at that. She's popping up all over the place. She's a dynamo. Yeah. She's a junkie dynamo, yeah. Amy Dresner. She's great. What a, thank you, Amy Dresner, if yeah, you're listening. Thank you. Did you read her book, Paul? You caught me with food in my mouth. What are you eating? Peanut butter and crackers. Peanut butter and crackers. Is it organic? It's raw cashew butter. It's really good. Oh, wow. there Paul. There's his health. He eats right. Do you know what we eat during when we record? <laughs> yeah, no, we don't, we don't tell him. We, we eat, have you ever had a Choco Leibniz cookie? Mm-hmm. What is it? 
Oh, my goodness. <laughs> if I could pick a sponsor, it would be Choco Leibniz or Le Petit Ecolier. Have you ever had a Le Petit Ecolier? I have. Okay, Choco Leibniz is like a kind of German version of Le Petit Ecolier. It's a biscuit with dark chocolate. Mm-hmm. What, I mean, that is my go-to. That is my uh, weapon of choice, as they say. Yeah. <laughs> I'm into it. And, and Dopey is definitely fueled by the, the dark... Chocolate of the cacao. <laughs> well, Paul, I really, 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 really am honored to have you on our show and appreciate you uh, tolerating us for how long as you have. It's yeah. been wonderful. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Keep up, keep up the good work, man. We're uh, we're all in this together. Okay. Paul, Thank you, Paul. I, before we end this, can I ask you an ego-driven uh, favor? Could you tweet that you were on the show? <laughs> nobody ever guy. tweets. <laughs> nobody ever tweets they're on the show, and it would be so nice if, if somebody of his stature said I was on the stupid show. No. Do me a favor. Tweet it. Include at Mental Pod, which is my Twitter handle, and when I see it, I will retweet it. Okay, I'll do it. You're the man, Paul. God bless. <laughs> thank you, guys. Stay strong, Paul. You're, thank you so much for coming on. Okay, I'll talk to you. Bye-bye. All right, brother. Bye. What a lovely man. Very lovely man. Lovely man. Yes. I feel what do you get to say? What's wrong? I don't know. What is this authentic self-crap you were spitting out? You, can, you I said something, and then you felt you had to rally back, and you you spit out all of the great intervention. or what did, what did you say? Could you please recreate that so I can just rip it to pieces right now? Well, it's fine. I'm sitting in a meeting, and you hear all this stuff. You're trying to do like, me, do you now? <laughs> I'm sitting in a meeting, and I hear all this stuff, and it's just like, oh, the meeting's horrible. But then it's just like that authentic self. And the, the, I'll tell you. I was in a meeting... Recently, and we were talking about we were reading uh, two agnostics. You mean we agnostics? Either way, it's not two agnostics. Two, we, we agnostics. Three, it's the second chapter. Yes, chapter two, agnostics. Yes, isn't it called we agnostics? It's called we agnostics. That's what I said. You said two agnostics. I said we. You said two. No. Anyway, I I could have gotten it wrong. I'm not perfect, Chris. Okay. I'm just a guy. All it's right. late at night. Continue. Um, and um. I don't know, man. Like, I heard this thing. I thought it was cool. He said, we were talking about um, the idea. Okay, and I didn't say this clearly with Paul. He was just a little too... He was very, I mean, he was very health-centered. You know, I guess the truth is, he was talking about, like, the bad part of sarcasm and cynicism. That's, like, all dope he is. Yeah, it's true. What are you going to do? He's a sweet guy. a lovely guy who's sober and doing the next right thing. Yeah. Anyway, the point is... In We Agnostics, we were reading, it was like, this, it's again, it's my room full of these 60-year-old Long Island women, okay? And it's like, Damon, I, I know that my God is the creator of the universe, but I, I don't know that I can really understand your God. You know, I was drinking vodka for many years. What, what do you want me to, what do you want me to do? I mean, talking to the mic? Yes. The mic hears me. The mic knows I'm talking to The you. line's not right. You don't like the line, so you're yeah. going to... Okay. Continue. Anyway, so... Damon, the leader of my meeting, is talking about... In Dopey Nation, this is important for anybody out there who, who like, wants to be clean but has a quote-unquote problem with God or a higher power. Damon said that your higher power 
All it has to be is your conception of something infinite. And, 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 and your conception of a higher power doesn't have, anything, doesn't have to have anything to do with heaven or hell or the creation of the universe. It's, it's your conception of, 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 of a God. A power greater than yourself. Yeah. Of, you know, and, I, and I just love to hear that because like, I believe in love and I believe in the universe and I believe in uh, a, the great reality within. Isn't that in the book? That's what you said, yeah. The great reality within. And it's when you know something isn't right inside you. Like when you bullshit Paul, I know inside me, God tells me that you're full of shit. Or when you try to turn my father against me. It's God can only tell you when you're full of shit. God, God can't me. tell you when I'm full of shit. Because what if God is telling me that I'm not full of shit and God's telling you? So our gods are just on different pages. My God <laughs> is constantly telling me Chris is full my of God, shit. My God is better than your God. I'm sure that's true. <laughs> but my God sees through you. <laughs> my God sees past you. Yes. My God hates me. <laughs> But hates you more. My God hates me, but he's rooting for me. No. <laughs> your God, your God sucks, <laughs> and my God is good. <laughs> Fuck that. My God is great, and your yeah. God is okay. My God doesn't place value judgments on anything, including his own greatness. Your God is bullshit. <laughs> <Okay>? <laughs> your God doesn't even exist. Anything <laughs> <Maybe> like that. <laughs> Thank God, when you were talking about the great reality, I was like, well, I know what you're saying, though. I got you. We nose to nose, man. You're an ass. I'm picking up what you're putting down, and I'm hearing it, and it's good stuff. What does that mean? <laughs> Where are you from? Me, you, God, we're all on the same page. We're all on the same thing. We're all on the same page right, right. now. Um, wait, wait, I had something else I was going to say, and it was important. Okay, but I, quick. I fucking can't remember. Do you remember. have a voicemail? I, I, oh, no, we're going to read that one uh, That one message from the guy. I, you mentioned his name. We should read it. A Gucci chain. Oh, what was that one? What are you talking about? Oh, you like that one, huh? You like that one a lot. Gucci chain is the one who said that Toodles is bullshit. Um, you read it. What are you going to read? Read what you want to read. No, you're going to read it. What are you... <laughs> yeah. Do you think we blew it with Paul? Here, you read it. Uh, yeah, the thing with Paul, first of all, this is what I was going to ask. Have you ever had single malt, single malt whiskey? Or what do you say, single malt scotch? What is it between double malt, single malt? Is one better than the other? Yes. Yeah. I think single malt is better than double malt. Are you sure? Dude, I barely had a drink in my life. I don't know. I drink every day, constantly, for years. Yeah, but I've never heard of a handle either. You're like drinking with the hobos. Taking hey, hey, Charlie, <laughs> did you give me that handle? The hobos no. never get a handle. Have you ever heard of handle pulls? No, dude. It's like when you're in high school, you take handle pulls. Um, no, and honestly, handles, you didn't... Once you're an hardcore alcoholic, you're working with pints, fifths, maybe a What's liter. What's a handle? A handle's 1.5 liters. It's the big bottle with the handle on the side. Uh, it's huge, yeah. Who says handle? Maybe it's a Boston thing. I don't know. Anyway. A handle pull is when you take the handle and you slug off of it. Do you think Dude, I knew a fucking chick. And, oh, you remember her, Allie? You remember Allie? No. Of Mary and Allie? Yes. Yes, okay. So Allie, she was taking a handle pull in high school. So a bottle of vodka and she was chugging it on the beach, right? Yeah, I remember Chugging, chugging, chugging. And they were counting. And the last thing she remembers was them counting to like 34. 
And she and I guess she she killed. She she, she, she killed she killed the whole handle, and uh, the, she said handle though. She said handle pull, I think. And so, anyways, I don't know if she did, but that's what she was doing. She was chugging from a handle on the beach. Everybody's cheering in high school. The cops show up. I'm telling a story. What do you want? Dave's giving me this. Mmm, I'm say something. Don't what? be nation. If you say handle, write us an email about it because I, I forgive me. Yeah. Okay. Continue. Um. So. Anyway, so she's, she's chugging from the handles, the last thing she remembers, and then she wakes up in the ER. And so what happened was she chugged the handle, um, the cops showed up, you know, at the beach, all the kids fucking left and ran away. And she was shit-faced, and she passed out in the sand. And the cop was standing out on the beach, everybody was gone, and this was maybe 20, 30 minutes later, and he saw off in the distance just uh, like a beige lump. Right, and it was her. She was wearing um, like cargo type shorts, like khaki, khaki beige shorts. Yeah, and the the fucking ocean was coming in. The tide was coming up, right? And I guess it had like gotten up to like her belly. Okay. And so he called the ambulance. Ambulance came, uh-huh. and he came to. She parents picked her up at the hospital. She came home, and the cop came to the house, and he sat her down, and he's like, "You're not in trouble." He's like, "I just want to tell you, the only reason you're alive is because you wore khaki shorts last night." He said he wouldn't have came. All your friends just left you on the beach. You passed out. The tide was coming up, and you were going to drown. And the only reason I even saw you was from your khaki shorts. I don't understand that. Doesn't wouldn't khaki blend in with the beach? I think because it was at night, it was re- maybe reflecting the moonlight. <laughs> <laughs> what does this have to do with single malt scotch? Maybe she was chugging single malt. How did we even get here? Oh, handle pulls. Listen, so her khaki shorts on the beach saved her life? Yes. That's the fucking story. It's bullshit. Do you think she made it up? You're just jealous because she took Mary from you. <laughs> I was, I was, I was, <laughs> that's that's it was over a long time before. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't. I was not. I wasn't. I was not. I was happy they found love. I was happy they yeah, found they're love. married. I think they have a kid now, too, or something. Really? <laughs> oh, it's really? No, I'm just saying that's an old hurt? No, it's really not. Dude, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah I am. I'm not jealous of Allie. I'm happy for marrying Allie. Yeah. Mary, I, I was only grateful for the time that we had. I really was. Uh, yeah. It was an ama- it made my life in that moment. It made rehab much better. It made it much better. Yeah. It made it great. <laughs> it really did. Yeah. But um, do you think Paul, like, do you think that wasn't good for him? I, I don't think he's probably will be entertained by our antics. I think we're, as Nick Reiner would put it, high octane. I don't think we were high octane for him. He's sitting there eating cashew butter. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> we're bakery. We're like, you know? yeah, yeah, like, what are you? Like Paul, what are you doing? He's like, I'm eating peanut butter and watching cartoons. What are you doing? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think we made a great impression on him. No, I don't think so. Have we made a good impression on anybody? He's like, I'll retweet. I mean, I want an original tweet, an initial tweet. Fuck yeah. the retweet. Fucking retweet? <laughs> Why did I accept that? <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. My, my genuine self or whatever that thing is is, is crying out. Yeah, maybe he didn't respect the great reality inside. He didn't respect my, <laughs> the God within me? Your, your reality. So you don't think we made a good good impression? I don't care, man. Do you think we made a good I impression? I think he's a great guy. I think he's probably a much better person than I am. That's, you're a liar. What do you mean? You said three things that conflict. You don't care, but you think he's better than you. 
And he's probably a much better person than I am. I believe that. Anyway, <laughs> do you have a voicemail? No, you gotta read. You read. I, I, got, I got, No, you have to voicemail. read this because you you read it really really good. Which one? You wanted to do this this one? Well, Gu- why would I Gucci. Gucci. You don't want to read it? You mean? You just have a much better voice than I do. Ugh, I don't think so. I think so. A dopey email. Hey, Chris and Dave. I am sending you an email. Well, fucking obviously. Oh, right? did you hear that? What? Read the beginning again. I did. I pointed at I you. I know, but just it. read it one more time. Hey, Chris and Dave. Hey, hey, Chris and Dave. I'm sending you an email. Well, fucking obviously, right? Hey, you- Chris and Dave. Hey, Chris and Dave. Yeah. I'm sending you an email. Well, fucking obviously, right? You two cunts have amazing chemistry. Blah, blah. Dave, why you gotta be an asshole? Blah, blah, blah. Chris, one day I am going to marry into your family and live in the Hamptons house. Blah, blah, blah. I'm sure that's what Annie's thinking. Now, <laughs> we have the usual formalities out of the way. Did I mention Dave is an asshole? I thought I would send you an email because I genuinely, genuinely, genuinely enjoy what you cunts do. Aside from toodles. Hmm. Aside from toodles. As long as he's saying toodles. You know, like any publicity is good Listen, publicity. Any toodle mention is good. I thought I would send you an email because I genuinely enjoy what you cunts do. Nice. Aside from toodles. Okay. Just stop it with that. It is creepy and infantile. I am suggesting huru cunts in that's, its place. That's infantile. Either way. I'm, anyway. Uh, as it is the official farewell parting phrase in Australia. I do think you sepos could make money off this podcast as we are in late-stage capitalism, mid-neoliberalism, and America just loves recovery and tragedy. P.S. Your country is falling apart. Cue a single tear and a black speed you. Black Emperor song. I don't know what that is. Uh, Before I get to my point, I would like to say Chris's utter indifference to music is actually amazing. It's fascinating. Dave, if you would be so kind, could you read out these quick statements to to Chris and just gauge his reaction? Chris, when when Kurt Cobain died, Pearl Jam lost its voice. Tragic man, tragic. Chris actually likes Pearl Jam, so he knows about that. Hi, the album 10. Oh, here we go. What's that from? What do you mean, what's that from? 10. You know 10? Sure. Do you know why they named it 10? No. Mookie Blaylock was their favorite NBA player. Do you know what Pearl Jam was called before it was called Pearl Jam? What? Mookie Blaylock. Was it really? Yeah. Oh. Fucking idiot. Minor <laughs> Threat broke up after a heroin deal went wrong on tour and Ian McKay uh, pulled a gun. Bro just needed his fix. True or false? I don't know any of that. Me neither. Yeah. Uh, this is stupid. Chris with music, just start with the letter S. Sunhouse to Shangri-Las to Stooges to Sybil Bear to whatever. Just don't forever be that guy who went to one fish show and passed out in the parking lot. Did you? Yeah, I spent the whole time in the parking lot. That's the true story? I didn't pass out, but I spent the whole five days or whatever in the parking lot. It ain't about cool. It is just tunes are literally better than anything, man. Gun, bullet, head. 
Is that the whole email? No, it keeps going. Uh. Final point before I get to my actual point. Dave, Good So Bad is a good song. It sounds like you're an anarchist punk from 2002, but it is a good song. Quite moving, in fact. I'm going to do a cover of it, which takes all the heart and charisma of the original and flushes it completely down the toilet and replaces it with a raw but highly contrived emotion. It will be dedicated to buskers everywhere. I am writing in because... I thought it may be interesting to discuss how quickly we can go from a foundation of recovery to fuck it, I am getting high. I got clean last year, stayed clean for a massive, take a deep breath, five months, and then returned to my city of choice in Australia, which, like all respectable cities, houses my drug of choice and my scumbag friends of choice in mass quantities. I was dedicated to my recovery. Yup, sounds like it. That's him, not me. Uh, but it took so little for me to go fuck it, and it took so little time for it to get worse than ever with crime. Using. Until it blew up with a gram of gear, 65 Seroquel, and vodka, and waking up the next day hallucinating, but thinking clearly, yet John Belushi gets to die off two bags. Wow, that got dark. But it fucking does. Anyway, why does the addict brain forget what we learned so quickly? Consequently, thinking, consequential thinking goes out the window so fast. Keep doing what you're doing, Dave. The dynamic work, dynamic works because you're an asshole and Chris is sweet and likable. Any of your listeners who critique you for being an asshole do not understand the basic mechanisms in comedy. In closing, huru cunts and dopey nation stay strong, but you don't need to be strong all the time. It's just not realistic. Maybe stay vigilant. Jesus fucking Christ. Toodles. <laughs> Writing that word makes me sweat like a pedo. It's just fucking wrong. I might send you more memes. Your pal Gucci Chain from Australia. A lot of Australian gar- uh, jargon I didn't get. But thank you, Gucci. Always good stuff. Dude, my favorite thing is um, that question he asks. Why does the addict brain forget consequences? Why does the addict brain forget consequences? Consequences are enough to get us in the door. They're enough to keep us. That's why I hate to play the tape shit. Because the truth is... Playing the tape, you know, that I'm sure, I know it does work for some people, but for me, it was like, play the tape through. I either couldn't sufficiently play it, I just wouldn't be able to because I'd forget it, or I'd be so fucking miserable, restless, irritable, and discontent that I'd play the tape through, and I'd be like, this is going to be horrible, but it's better than what's going on internally right now. So or it's like, this tape sucks, let me get high. Yeah. I'm tired of listening to this tape. <laughs> But, um, I don't know. Consequences aren't enough to keep people... So if they were, it wouldn't be addiction. That's the whole fucking point, is that we use despite negative consequences over and over until we fucking die to jails, institutions, and death. If the consequences were enough to have us stop, then we'd stop. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I think we... It's enough for us to stop, but not stay stopped. We had, we had this conversation, and we have this conversation often... Um, I was t- Todd, yeah. you know my old and great friend who's clean now. Yeah. In this moment, I was talking to him on the phone the other day, and um, you know, and he's not. And he's going to call in in the next two weeks. He's a client. He's a client at my my place of work. Right. I tomorrow. haven't seen him yet. We're going to have him tomorrow yeah. morning. Todd, the infamous Todd, is a client at one of the sober livings I manage. You're such a little fucking. It's true. Yeah, but the way that's, that's not news. It's news. Yeah. Totally. But the way what? I don't want to get Just get into it. I want to hear it. It's just boring. All right. Why don't you hit us with the great reality again? Tell us about that. Your truly authentic self. My authentic self (laughs) is better than your authentic self. My God's better than your God. I'm sure. (laughs) I'm sure. Um, 
You're going to... That doesn't matter. <laughs> but um, Todd... Okay. And he'll tell us about his struggles tomorrow. But what he told me on the phone was he said he was sitting in the house with some guys. And the guy said, you know, I burn my hand on the fire. And then I'm like, but maybe I won't burn my elbow. Maybe my elbow won't hurt. Yeah. Or maybe my butt won't hurt. Yeah. And then maybe maybe this time it won't hurt my hand. Or maybe I can just put my hand real quick and yeah. pull it out. Right. Yeah. You know, whatever. It's like this. What you said, the one thing you... What are you making that face for? What don't you like? I'm just looking at the line and the, the, with a new microphone. I don't know if it's working. You're going to get close to a microphone. You think I'm too far away? I don't know. But My continue. authentic self says you're probably right. Yeah. Um, so, but you, you distracted me. I don't know what I was going to say. Uh, I was going to say that um, the thing that you said to Paul that I liked the most was... Um, Something. You said something that I like. I don't remember what it is. <laughs> You're so shot. You said something. You have a brain addled by years of drug use. That's what you think it is? I think it's because it's one thirty in the morning. I woke up at 6 this morning. Schlepping pastrami. Schlepping pastrami. You want to hear a fucked up story? Yeah. Okay. The other day... Hey, never mind this recovery bullshit. I go to work. And um, it, was, it was this big snowstorm was coming to town. And I was stupid. And I was like... There's not going to be a big snowstorm. It's not even raining. There's yeah. nothing. And on the map, it says mix of rain and snow. I was like, this is bullshit. Yeah. So I wind up uh, going to work, and then I'm on my way home, and Penn Station stops running trains to my town. Mm. And, and I had spent the day with my father. Yeah. And my, father's, my father teaches classes two yeah. days a week, and that day he didn't. So he's just sitting here all day. He read the paper for six hours. Yeah. He looked at his fantasy football for two, uh, fantasy basketball for two hours. He made soup. I said, Dad, what kind of soup are you making? He said, celery soup. <laughs> that sounds horrible. I said, Dad, why don't you get some vegetables? He goes, well, I have celery. Yeah, it sounds like the worst soup And then ever. he looked at me and he goes, and my dad has two bathrooms. He has one bathroom yeah. near my room yeah. and one bathroom on the other side of his room. And he said, David, why did you use the bathroom in my room? I said, what do you mean? He goes, I'm just curious. I said, so I like the bathroom in your room. He goes, why do your eyes look watery? <laughs> I said, Dad, what are, you, what are you talking about? He said, he, and he gives me this look. Hmm. I said, Dad, you're bored. Yeah. You've got nothing going on, so you're going to accuse you're gonna me of being You're going to make celery high. soup. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what the fuck? And he goes, and I go, Dad, when I was nodding out at the table, when I was losing jobs in line, you had no clue. And here I am fucking sober, holding it down, shitting in your bathroom because I don't want the stench to come out here, and you're going to accuse me of having watery eyes. Yeah. Anyway, after the train doesn't run, I have to come back here. Yeah. And, uh, and I love my dad, but yeah. come on. Yeah. I got to get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> um, I come back here, and uh, I decide, and my dad, like, the air mattress had popped. Yeah. And, and sleeping at my dad's house has become, like, not fun. Because I can't sleep well. Yeah. So what happens is I wake up with this crick in my neck. And it's so painful. And then his shower is like torture. It's this trickle. Okay? <laughs> so you have this terrible pain and yeah. the shower only makes it worse. <laughs> and I'm walking around with my fucking neck crooked. Anyway, so I get to work today with the fucking crooked neck. Uh -huh. And Dominicans, for some reason, if your back is bad... 
they think you're getting fucked in the ass yeah. or you're eating pussy for so long that your neck is crooked. <laughs> that's their belief. About so that's what they were saying all day. And then the guy said, yo, one guy says, my friend, I got some muscle relaxers. Do you want any? And I'm thinking, man, that might be nice. I don't know. <laughs> and then the next guy goes, I got perks. Why don't you just take one of those? And then for a second... Across your mind. It crossed my mind. Yeah. This guy could give me a Percocet. I would feel better. I would feel better, and not to mention, <clears throat> I would enjoy it. Yeah. A and you have the right to do it, because you're in pain, That's and you're like, hmm, it's actually to treat something. No, I never, that never crossed my mind. What crossed my mind was, I could get away with it, mm. no one would know. Yeah. It, it has nothing to do with my real life when yeah. some Dominican at work gives me a Percocet. Yeah. You know? But I said to myself, I said, no, I don't, I don't, no, I don't yeah. want a Percocet. Um, Does but, he know your whole history? Yeah. Yeah. What a fucker. That's what they all are like. Yeah. And Would he like, actually give it to you? Yeah. <laughs> but I said, so but I didn't take it because I, I recoil from it as if a hot flame. Yeah. And I, you know, I do because the second I put anything into me. There is no, that was a good time. Yeah. There was, I need more immediately. How yeah. am I going to get more tonight? I take a Percocet. When I start coming down, I'm like, can you give me three yeah. for tonight? Because my back hurts. Yeah. Then there's a dude, I, I, I didn't tell you about this. There's this maitre d' that I work with who vapes. Yeah. Okay. He vapes nicotine and he vapes weed. Yeah. And, uh, and I had gotten into a fight today and he goes, uh, I go, let me hit the vape. He goes, which one do you want? And he knows I'm sober, too. Yeah. I'm like, just give me the fucking weed, man. Yeah. No, I said, give me the nicotine. <laughs> but yeah. the point is, it's like, I don't get high because I like my life. Mm. And it's just like, it's. I don't know the point of the story. It's just one of no, those. No, it's fucking pertinent shit. What do you mean? Is there's it pertinent no, shit? Yes, there's no a point. There's a great fucking topic to talk about. What's the topic? That you, you were in pain and somebody had drugs at your place of work and it crossed your mind for a second because you're a drug addict and you shouldn't be shamed for thinking that. Even if you're, you know, my my grand sponsor, and I hate the term, my sponsor sponsor talks about that where he talked about, you know, he's he's sober, you know, whatever, 30 years, 20 years or something. And like he was off alone in a cabin and he opened something and there was like Vicodin in the cabinet and it like crossed his mind and like. I remember hearing him share that at a meeting and it was like important for me to hear because I was like, those thoughts are still going to be there. That's not to say it's like that visceral cravings come back, but the, this, that stuff still pops up. And for you just to like not acknowledge it and mention it and talk about it, like that's, that's not good. That's not healthy. Well, the interesting thing, it's like, cause I think about play the tape yeah. and I understand y- your point, Yeah, you know, but I did play the tape. Yeah. You know, but it wasn't the playing the tape, though. The playing the tape is just like foreplay. I think playing the tape is, is a shitty tool for when you still have the obsession of the mind and intense cravings. Right. It's like a lie. It's like, it's like, say, it's like, because that's all I'm doing. Yeah. It's like, if I have intense cravings, I'm playing the tape 24 7. Yeah. And I like the way it sounds. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but. When I when I said no, I don't I don't want to take a Percocet, and yeah. I said no, I don't want to vape weed. What it really was saying, like, and this sounds corny or whatever, I really like being sober. Yeah, like I really like living like this, and I really like the chances of having a good life. Yeah, you know, and I I like that. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah, we nose to nose. 
tell you. I mean, we're, we're done. We're I done. I tolerate <laughs> so much shit from Chris. Like, I tolerate so much stuff. But there's one thing I, I just can't tolerate anymore. And it's when he texts me KK. He doesn't you told me you me. don't like K. I don't like either. So I started texting KK. Who texts you KK? No, I'm KK. Who texts you KK? I do it because you used to have a drug dealer named KK. No, I, I did. Oh, I did. <laughs> That's not why you Then you it. say I don't listen. You know, I told you about KK Karanja, though, right? No, who did? When I was in elementary <laughs> who'd school. Who'd that be? Who'd that be? <laughs> when I was in elementary school, KK Karanja was a year older than me, and he was a chess master. And one day... KK Karanja? Yeah. So you've known two KKs, a drug dealer and a chess master. Yeah. And, um, and, and when I was a kid, okay, the fifth grade... KK was a year older than me. But the, the classroom had fifth grade kids in the front and sixth grade kids in the back. Yeah. And this is a classic story of my elementary school. So we're sitting there in the fifth grade class and, and the, in the back room, the teacher's name was Mr. Pollock, who's dead now. But yeah. he says, you hear him say, KK, stop licking Sean. <laughs> what? I guess KK has decided to lick Sean. Yeah, it's weird. Well, it's, it was a phrase. That, that might have been the KK who became the drug dealer. No, I knew KK. Uh, drop us a review on iTunes. Why did you like just... us on Facebook? Like us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. Did we play a voicemail? Uh, we didn't. But when, next time, I have a, we have a really long voicemail about meth in Texas, and it was good, but it's all grainy. But uh, hold on, I want to read. Uh, where, where are we at? Uh, we're done. Where are we at? An hour and five minutes. Okay, I want to read this one star review. No, 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 no. But I fucking only want to do it if we can contact... What's his name? Omar? Yeah, let me see if he's on... Uh, sometimes he's on Facebook right away. Let me see. He's Sometimes he's just he's just cooking on it. I'm going to read this one. Five-star review. I don't know if you're reading the reviews these days, Chris. Should I try calling him? How do you call people in Messenger? Oh, here. Let's see if he answers. Can you... If I gave this to you, could you turn this back on, this microphone? It's on. Oh, you left it on the whole time? Yeah. How do I put it on speakerphone? Can I put it on speakerphone? Yes. I don't think I can. He's not going to answer anyway. He ain't answering. How do you put it on speakerphone? That's going to be video. You have to wait till he comes on. Uh Uh-uh. You don't think KK stopped looking Sean is funny? I thought it was great. I thought it was comedy gold. Oh, there we go. What? It was great. Um, just shut Omar off. He's not answering. I, we need him for this. It's, no. It would just be fair. Okay, then I'll read this one first. Yeah, read a different one. Five stars. The best podcast in the history of podcasts from the big show. Updated. Dave and trusty sidekick Chris. Following is still true. Although, need more war stories, please. These guys are great. Real information. Not the watered-down, candy-coated information that comes from Paul Gilmartin and the Mental Illness Happy Hour. No, he didn't. No, I'm just oh. kidding. <laughs> uh, oh candy-coated information. I, you could have sold that to me. That you dominates have media today. Highly recommended. More frequent and longer episodes, please. Thanks. And now... For the one star. No, no, no. We're saving that for when we can it. get him on the phone. Because I'm telling you, it makes for a good show. All right, I'll take your word for it. All right. Uh, listen, 
There's something I want you to do, but I can't think of what it is. Oh, uh, yes. write us on all that stuff. I really want to do. Leave us a voice memo. I want to give a shout out to Mike on Twitter. He's always liking stuff and saying cool stuff. He knows about basketball. Stay strong, my brother. And the Sopranos. I think he might be from Canada, but maybe yeah. not. That's Mike. Say what's up, Mike. What up, Mike? Okay. And uh, I want to give a big, big, a big hello, up, a big up, a hearty hello. He's probably not listening. This guy, he calls himself White Knuckles or White Knuckling it. He's clean three days today. Okay, White Knuckler, and uh, he's he's like he's not going to meetings or anything, but he's three days clean. Okay, and I just want to say, stay strong, Knuckler. Stay strong, Knuckles. Knuckler. No, I Knuckles. I call him Knuckles. Okay, and I want to give a hearty. Hello and a, thank you. A hearty hello and thank you. To Cormac. Because I want to say, I'm just going to say this. People do shit here and there. They come and go. This fucking Cormac is like the fucking weather. He's always around. They fucking... Oh, yeah. Cormac's been putting in work for like two years. He's been doing it. It's like... He's like... it's, And you know what? You didn't even ask him to. No. You, you know, ask everyone to do stuff. Cormac just did it. I ask everyone to do stuff. Yeah. Do you know who Billy Preston was? Oh, of course. Who was he? Um, nothing for nothing equals nothing. Oh, look at that. <laughs> you know yeah. Soul Train. I used to watch Soul Train. I get high. And Billy, Pres- Billy Preston was on Soul Train. What else is Billy Preston famous for? I just know that nothing for nothing. He's got a big fro. That's all you know about him? I just knew him from Soul Train. I just watched this. Nothing from nothing and equals nothing. nothing. You got to have something, something if you want to be with me. me. Now, can I tell you the, the most interesting fact about Billy Preston? Yes. There were two people in the history of rock and roll that played with both the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. <laughs> Okay, there were two people that were See, on the, the Beatles. You know, just, Come on, how impressed are you with that I pulled that I'm, out of my ass? I'm, I'm amazed. <laughs> Come on, for real. I'm amazed. <laughs> but it's like, if I tell you that, that he was the guy who played with both the Rolling Stones and the Beatles, that doesn't impress you. It doesn't mean anything. Because I can name five songs and you won't know if they're Beatles songs or Rolling Stones songs. Would you? I don't, I don't want to do this. No, we're going to do it. No, 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 we, we're out of time, man. No, we're going to go to sleep. We've got nothing to do. All right. I'm gonna, we're going to start with an easy one. All right. Okay? The song? Just say this. And it's, why are you Satisfaction. Just... The Rolling Stones or the Beatles? Rolling Stones. Correct. Why are you writing this? Just tell me the name of the song. Why are you writing it down? And sh- he's literally writing on a piece of paper and just handing it and holding it up for me to read. Hold on, I'm going to do it again. Um, let me think of one that you won't get. Yeah, you suck at this. You've got to hide your love away. The Beatles. Correct. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, rain. The Beatles. Correct. Uh, help. Rolling Stones. Wrong. <laughs> I did not know help is the no, truth. You want to know the truth? Yeah. Every single one of those I didn't know. 
You don't know help? Help! I need somebody help. Not I can't. Is it, what is the satisfaction? It's not I can't get no satisfaction. Bang. But you know, can, did you ever hear the story of how you wrote can't satisfaction? Get no. Check this out. Keith Richards. Dream. And you know what I heard on the car ride here today? Satisfaction? No, Keith Richards is dead. No, he's alive. Either Keith Richards or Mick, Mick Jagger. They're 80 and they can still do 50 push ups. Which one's 80? They're both. Which one could do 50 push ups? Mick Jagger. He's okay. Jack. Yeah. Um, check it what out. What is he from? Huh? What is Mick Jagger in? Are you joking? The Rolling Stone. <laughs> okay. What kind, of, what kind of question is that? Just quizzing you. Okay. Check it out. Keith Richards, who's and Mick Jagger, either of them are yeah. dream dopey guests, but Keith Richards is real dream dopey guest. Yeah. He in 1965 or something, he falls asleep. Okay. Uh, this is sorry. Who is this? Keith Richards. Okay. Yeah. Um, he leave, He wakes up in the middle of the night. And he turns on his tape recorder, and he goes... Dun, 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 he records dun. that? He sings that, and he says, I can't get no... It just came to him, like, in his sleep? Then he falls asleep, and the recorder records him snoring for the rest of the tape. Yeah. And he wakes up in the morning, and satisfaction is on the tape recorder. That's wild. And that's, like... That's God shot right there, man. That's fully authentic self. The great reality within. The great coming up. Anyway, so two people played with the Rolling Stones and the Beatles. One of them was Billy Preston. Is Billy Preston? The other one was a horrible junkie named Brian Jones. Um, Now the point of the story. I don't even remember the point. It's over. The point of the story is the. Oh, Billy Preston was often called the fifth Beatle. Cormac is the third dope. <laughs> all right. All right. There you go. I like it. Full circle. You brought it back. Stay you brought strong. it home. Stay strong, dopey nation. And toodles. I want to take a walk around the world. I wonder would it do me any good. Until I get some money in my pocket, then I guess I'll just have to walk around my neighborhood. But I want to be good so bad want to be so good, so bad, so bad I want to be good so bad Bad desire's all I ever had And I want to take a ride up in the sky Watch this airplane just pass me by And I want to see a Lear jetliner take a dive Just to show all of these people what it means to be alive But I want to be good so bad Want to be so good, so bad, so bad I want to be good so bad Bad desire's all I ever had And my shadow's getting smaller, smaller City far behind. I'll take the high road, however far it winds, because peace and love are very, very, very hard to find. And I wanna be good so bad. Wanna be good so bad, so bad. I 